You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. All right, it's a Leafs game day on this, I was going to say fine Wednesday, but AB, it is a zoo out there. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. No. Legitimately in this city, because neither of us are actually from the city of Toronto. So we could be haters if we feel like it. We could be slight haters, but I feel (laughs) like, and a lot of people, I mean, there's a lot of people who don't grow up in this city who end up here like you and I. Don't you get the sense that people forget how to drive once the littlest bit of precipitation hits the streets of Toronto? It's, it's rain. It's rain. Like coming up the DVP, you know, typically it's a nice little 25 minute jaunt up the DVP to get up here to Scarborough. Today, no, 50 minutes. Had to be some sort of accident that was going on. And, ah, oh, so frustrating. Total gong. I saw a funny tweet yesterday. Apparently it's going to snow in Vancouver today or, or something like that. And oh, things... so we flip flopped. Yeah, exactly. Somebody from Vancouver tweeted something along the lines of. Uh, everyone in Canada, avert your eyes for the next couple days while Vancouver tries to navigate through the snow. And there was a response to it that said something like, well, you should see Toronto in the rain. And boy, <laughs> did we see that today. It was a yeah. mess. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, tonight will go better for the Toronto Maple Leafs, though, who have the Sharks tonight at home. 7 p.m. Uh, Mitch Marner will look to make history and, and tie the longest point streak in Maple Leaf history. But lots of sentimental stuff happening tonight with the passing of Boris Salming. It'll be the first home game back for the Leafs mm-hmm. uh, since he passed away, and they're going to do a lot of special things to remember him. Those patches were so good, the Salming commemorative patches that they made for, for that first game back. Awesome. They were so awesome. good. So cl- like, I would honestly buy a jersey. If that was like the crest with the crown, the leaf, Like I Very would buy cool. that jersey. It looks that sick. Yeah, that's a great idea, honestly. But uh, tonight, the Leafs are going to make those patches available for purchase. All proceeds, this is a nice touch, are going to go to ALS Action Canada. They're also going to, oh yeah, retro jerseys tonight, Mm -hmm. um, which I quite like, by the way. They're going to auction off all of those retro jerseys, I believe with the patch on them, and those proceeds are going to go to that same charity. So Leafs, always always a class act, and they're going to continue that tonight yeah and i believe they're going to do a, a moment of silence to to honor boreas salming um so it it, it should be a, a really special night and also you know you talk about the the swedish connection the last time he was in the building with the with the the, the hall of fame and all the swedes that have come come, come yeah. through um the canucks the team that they have played you've got eric carlson in the building tonight for the sharks one right. of the best swedes you know to 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 do it right defensively at least i mean obviously you've got nick list who might be the best guy but you know eric carlson certainly might not be here if it weren't for Boreas Salming. So I'm sure he has like a personal touch and connection. So it'll be nice that uh, that he'll be in the building for that as well. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I didn't think about the Eric Carlson connection at all, but uh, regardless of the circumstance, exciting to see Eric Carlson in the year 2022. Well, last, last time the Maple Leafs saw Eric Carlson, he was not made exciting a for that. nifty little move in overtime to end that game. But the Toronto Maple Leafs are a different team right now than they were back when they were playing in San Jose. It's in Toronto tonight. They're riding a four-game winning streak. The vibes are good. The confidence is high. I don't, I don't think we're going to see the same result that we saw last time. I think the Toronto Maple Leafs have turned a corner here from where they were a month ago. And, and it's, it's, it's positive vibes here in the city of buzzing, Toronto right now. Buzzing, if you now. will. They're buzzing, as Mitch Marner would like to say. Uh, likes to say. 
I don't know. I, I just I got a good feeling about tonight. Like I think Marno extends that streak, ends up making it 18 straight to tie uh, the record for the franchise. I believe I heard he said he ha- he'll have some friends and family who want to attend nice. and be in the building to to witness it if, if it happens. So I think tonight's going to be a pretty solid game. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. What a gem! We're going to have Mike Johnson on in the next couple minutes to keep breaking that one down. Kevin Woodley will join us a little bit later in the show in the second hour to. Um, go around the NHL with happenings, talk a little goaltending, and a lot to go around the NHL with. The NHL, every once in a while, has a night where it seems like the moon is full and the werewolves was are out. Was retrograde last night? I meant to ask you that. <laughs> the NHL was, was wild. No retrograde. And, and uh, actually, it is full moon right now, so that would make sense. That's exactly why. That's why we saw Zambonis towing Zamboni. I love we that. Saw a 9-8 overtime game between Seattle and L.A. We saw some not very nice comments made by broadcasters we saw what else was out there the the pittsburgh game the way the pittsburgh game ended we had dudes going to fight each other in overtime but play goes on two on oh carolina goes down the other way they end the game i don't know if you saw this really weird sequence too did you watch the kings and 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 the seattle game? so i was not watching that game and then i i saw what was going on in that game and obviously had to turn it on and just right. confirm that it was real with my own eyes. It, it was one of those things where I think most people were in the same boat. Like, yeah, ah, King Seattle. Why would I like throw that midnight. on? I'm, I'm, I'm all right. But then you saw the score and you're like, holy crap! I got to toss this thing off. Yes, it was like eight six after two periods, and it was eight seven. They tied at eight eight. But there was a moment there in that third period. I think there was like two minutes left or something like that. There was a hit along the boards, and then Adam Larson went back to go get the puck, and there was a little skirmish happening along the boards. And he left the puck to come join the skirmish, thinking that the play was dead. And the play kept going on. Like, legit, there was no whistle, no nothing. The puck was just sitting in behind Martin Jones, the goaltender. And then all of a sudden, I think they realized, like, the LA Kings realized, oh, there's no whistle. Yeah. Someone vacates to go and grab the puck, and then you see everyone kind of rushing. It was such a weird circumstance. The timekeeper stopped the, the clock for a second, thinking that they... they the play had stopped because everybody literally stopped to go and have this brawl over near the bench. It was such a wild scene to go on top of that 9-8 finish. It was yeah. crazy. There was so much going on. Wait, another special treat the NHL provided us with last night, Gary Bettman. His his uh, oh, yeah. strong stance on Arizona. No relocation for the next 30 years. Yeah, uh, An all-star game at some point, he said. I wish anyone believed in me the way that Gary Bettman believes in that team. And with yeah. that, let's bring in our TSN hockey analyst, Mike Johnson. How's it going this rainy Wednesday? Wednesday. Um, I believe in you as Aww. much as Gary believes in the Sunbelt market of the Arizona and all of the surrounding <laughs> suburbs. <laughs> yes. You're not going anywhere for 30 years either, Julia. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And, I, and I'm listening to that and, and like, I'm not exactly sure, you know, I don't, I don't, I'd have to read the terms of the offer, but like, is he guaranteeing the team will never move? Is, is that the NHL's guarantee or is that the owner's guarantee? But what if the owner goes bankrupt? And then what does that what does that guarantee mean? I, you know, there's probably a little bit more nuance to it. It's a big commitment, but I'm not sure exactly how that plays out. Um, but who knows? It's another building that's going to get paid for in large part by by the public. I think 500 of the 700 million dollars required to build the rink is going to come from tax breaks or whatever. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I'm assuming it's going to pass because these things tend to pass in America. But I guess we never should. Assume
assume anything at this point. Well, I'd be curious how the people of Tempe kind of think about I mean, right. they, they barely go out to these games as is, and now they got to fund the majority yeah. of this rink. It's a really interesting situation that's going on there. I mean, clearly Bettman believes in it. Austin Matthews, the guy here, is a kind of a product of, hey, look what can be built if you just have a presence inside some of these markets so like that's he's really piggybacks on austin matthews becoming a superstar in the league and i mean hopefully there is some success in in arizona hopefully they do end up picking it up and and the fan base kind of latches on because what we know in sports is is winning heals all wounds right if that team Mm -hmm. ends up winning if they end up you know getting a couple of solid draft picks and they can build a team I mean, if you build it, they will come. And I think that probably will end up happening in Arizona. Because I think when, when they went on their little run, I mean, it's almost a decade now, but like a while ago, they, they had some yeah. people in the building. I mean, you played there. Yes. I'm well, like, yeah. But like, what I think people like to bag on, on Arizona, but think about around the NHL and around all the professional sports in the United States and in Canada, for that matter. How many teams sell out and are well-supported if they're no good. Across all, hundred, whatever, 120 professional sports teams. Like the NFL, a lot, you know, largely that's the case. But for basketball, baseball, and hockey, if you're no good, like take a look at Kansas City's fans in the in middle of July. Yeah, There might be 10,000 people at a game. Take a look at, Pittsburgh. Um, you know, Charlotte's, uh, you know, stands when they're out of the, you know, like the NBA doesn't, like there's a, not many teams sell out regardless of how you do. When you're good, you're supported. When you're not, it wanes. And I think Arizona is no different than that. Uh, it's just that they haven't been good for most of the time. So so we'll see. But the, the only other concern for me before we get off the Arizona tangent is, like, they're just kind of taking it to vote. Like, what's the time frame on this? Is yeah. it three more hockey? Like, this season plus two more at least for sure? Like, you're talking maybe three years in the, in the ASU building? Could be four? Um, like, that's <laughs> – you need a 30-year commitment if you're going to go four years through a minor league stadium just to get to that 30 years. So that's the part that's a little bit interesting because if it all goes smoothly, at least two more years, three full seasons at ASU, that seems like that's a pretty long time to play in a, a non-NHL regulation yeah. building. Yeah, interesting scenario. At least Mellon Arena is, is a good time, it seems like. Uh, that's our TSN hockey analyst, Mike Johnson, on the phone right now. Uh, MJ, I'm going to put you on the spot. You're, we were trying really? to dig it up this morning. I've you're got lo- it. Oh, you haven't? I've got you the scoundrel. Number. Okay, I've got what the is number. it? So, your longest point streak of your career, MJ, do you know the number? Six games? Seven games. Ooh. Sold yourself short. That's pretty seven good. Seven game point yeah. streak. We got Mitch Marner coming in on a 17 game point streak. Yeah, well, goals are up, though, AB. So that's probably, I would probably be on 17. If that's I, true. That's probably it. <laughs> got to adjust to the gotta era. Got to be it. Yeah. Uh, what's the mentality that you think Marner goes into this game with? How do you balance the idea of knowing you can make history? He's got some family in the stands, but also just, just trying to play your game. I always find that balance interesting. Yeah, I mean, well, I think for Mitch, he's been on several long point streaks. He's got, you know, he's a 100-point player. He's one of the best in the world. So I think riding a hot streak and getting to, you know, double digits in games probably wouldn't affect him and weigh on his mind like it would a player like like me, where, like, I don't do this very often or ever, so it it would mean more because he kind of runs off a 10-game point streak seemingly every year. So I would think in that sense he'd be okay with it. But tonight's the night. Like, tonight's the night if he gets it, he ties the record. He's part of Maple Leaf franchise history forever, or until the next guy puts up 19 games. Um, so probably tonight might be the first night 
that he is thinking about it. But he's such a prolific point producer. Alliteration. But that's been, like, and he has been for a long time, um, that I think he'll just be like, yeah, let's go play. Because whatever he's doing, it's clearly working. And I think he's got a great opportunity tonight. San Jose played last night. They won a game. So they're feeling pretty good about themselves. Going back-to-back, Toronto's rested. Like, it feels like a night where there should be some opportunities to create goals in which Mitch is involved in just whatever that Toronto does. So, um, yeah, I, I think he will be okay because he's always used to kind of being up there doing these kind of things. Yeah, I think Aaron Dell, I believe, will be starting tonight. Capo, uh, Kakinen started last night, and no Reimer on the IR. Um, hmm. So I... I we were having this conversation yesterday, and it kind of made me think a little bit more throughout the night. I want to get your thoughts on this. I have a little bit of a theory here, MJ. Let me know if I'm on base or off base. But when I look at what the Toronto Maple Leafs have done, and I try and you know summarize to this point how they've performed throughout the entire season, not just November, but also early on through the first couple of months here, I almost get the sense that this team's identity is dictated by the play of Mitch Marner. When that guy's on and when he's playing at the level he is like he is right now, playing with confidence, playing with with uh, with a little bit of buzz, playing with what's the buzzword that he uses a lot that he's using it's right buzzing. now? It's he's buzzing. Quite literally yeah, right. buzzing. There it is. Okay. <laughs> he's playing with a bit of a buzz out there. I mean, what, what do you think about that? Is, is, is that something that you could kind of chew on or, or do you think I'm a little off base here? Well, his buzz is entirely different than like the buzz you play at men's league. It's an entirely different kind of uh, <laughs> feeling he's got going. Like, so I, I think there's a merit to that because I think he's that good, right? Like that's like saying you know Edmonton goes great when Leon Drysaddle's producing. Like, oh well, yeah, like that makes a lot of sense because when you're as good as those players are, when they are playing well, they, they can impact games more than other players. But I think Austin you know, was a singularly dominant player last year, along with Mitch. But, you know, what he was doing was so outrageously prolific. You know, he was production-wise the guy, but I do think attitude-wise maybe what you're latching onto here for, I, for Mitch. because I think it's more like, so even like off-puck play. Like the way that Mitch has played yeah, off the puck right. in the last little bit has really been the – the big reason to me why the Maple Leafs have had this sudden surge over the last couple of weeks, and it's been uh, really because he's been on fire in that regard. Well, I think you might be putting, like, yes, he's been good there, but I think you might be putting a little too much. like he's been alone being good away from the puck. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, I think you might be putting too much stock that his play away from the puck was poor, terrible, like, you know, that much poorer before, or is that great now? Like, it's been very good. That's how he creates his offense by being – you know, active on the forecheck and being good defensively and blocking shots and killing penalties, all those things he does. You're right. But I, to me, I mean, I, I think one feeds the other, right? Like when he plays well away from the puck, when he plays well defensively, he gets the puck more often. He gets it in better places. He's moving his feet. He scores more points. So they're all kind of tied in together. But what I think, A.B., maybe some of like being down around that team, if you think about the big four guys, and even Morgan, if he's the fifth guy when he's healthy, Austin is like relatively stoic out on the ice. He's, you know, they're all intense and passionate, but he's relatively stoic. William Nylander looks like he could have a nap at any minute. <laughs> yeah. So, so, Tavares is, is, could, like, should be wearing a suit and a button down below his, jer- his jersey. And Morgan <laughs> Riley should be sitting in a rocking chair. He's like the wise old veteran of them all. He's not old. But, you know what I mean, like, personality-wise. Right. And Mitch is, like, the frenetic kid who, like, bouncing around. And I think that energy that he brings, that he plays with, that is even more pronounced when he's productive, is something that all teams need, including Toronto, because their best players 
aren't all wired that way, and that's healthy. They all shouldn't be the same. But I think Mitch brings something unique, personality and energy and verbally and all that stuff. To me, I think that's, that's where if you want to talk about you know Mitch driving this team, I think that's the thing that he brings that you know none of the other top players bring to the same degree. Yeah, I think that's more along the lines of the conversation we were having. Maybe he's more the uh, emotional pulse or the emotional compass. I, I feel like I've heard mm-hmm. him referred to as the engine of the Maple Leafs before because he's kind of an emotional guy. We were having this talk yesterday when things were kind of rough at the beginning of the season. He wore it on his face, and, and now that things are so good, uh, you can see him bouncing around the rink like an en- energizer bunny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and and like there's probably a bit of a danger to ride the ups and downs too much yeah. in Toronto because they can be pronounced when you're as good as those guys are. But I, I'm with you. I, I, I you, you can kind of feel it that he can try. Like he can he can bring the rest of the group up with his energy, along with his great play with the puck, without the puck. I mean, he, he's been incredibly consistent, even when his slow start was happening. Uh, the Leafs have played, whatever, 24 games now, whatever it is, and he's got points in like 21 of them or something. Like, like every single night he's out there producing, which is what he is supposed to do. Um, so it's been, a, it's been a great start for him. And you come this far, A.B., you're like thinking, okay, well, listen, I'm one game away. I, I might as well get there because it's been a month and a half. Uh, you'd hate for him to come up short tonight and not pick up a point when he's just one game away from tying the record. You know they're going to force feed him the puck. Oh, yeah. Just to see what he can do, see if he can get it in a goal in a way. I know he's, you know, no more as a passer and a playmaker, but you know that he's going to get fit. It was like when Austin was trying to get 50th. There was 54th yeah. and a 60th. They yeah. kind of started to force him the puck a little bit in the first period. I hope that that doesn't happen. But we, we see it happen every time. Guys want to see that occur. Um, hopefully yeah. they can get it out of the way early so they can go on and play their game. I, you know what? I can only see that happening, like not in the course of normal play, but if they're the two-on-one, mm-hmm. like get it to them early to make sure you get the touch in. Or if there was an empty netter, like no one is shooting the puck yeah. in the empty net until Mitch Marner touches the puck. Like right. I will skate into the crease, turn around say, where are you? i got to give it to you. I'm not putting it in until you're here. So, you know, maybe in situations, but... Um, I don't know if it'll be too much in the course of normal play, which is a good thing. I mean, you don't want it to be too often, but you also love the sentiment of guys wanting to see one of their buddies, one of their teammates achieve something, something historic, which Mitch is on the edge of doing tonight. And it, it's like good on this Leaf team, right? Think about where they're at, guys, where start the year, it doesn't go great. They have the trip out west. The people are talking about this team is no good, and they're stopped, and Sheldon keep fired, and Dubas and the goalies, and they, like, it's all, the sky's falling after seven games. And now here they are, climbing back up, whatever they are, fourth or fifth in the standings. They're inside the playoff picture pretty comfortably. You got, again, Mitch Marner, one of the big four, doing something historic. Last year was Austin getting 60 and passing Rick five. This year, it, it could be, like, they find ways to, like, be continually excellent and make us pay attention when it feels like so much of the market wants to say, well, who cares? Yeah. Like, so much of the market is so quick to say, it doesn't matter, or uh, prove it in the playoffs, or I'm so sick of it. Like, and yet every year they go out there and play great and do great things. Like, it's so impressive how they're just able to roll a bit and be excellent year after year, finding new ways to kind of prove to people if there are any doubters, and it seems like there were, that they're, they're really good, and you should appreciate them for how good they are. 
Well, maybe the king of doubters in this city is William Nylander in this market. But he's been <laughs> sneaky so good this year. I mean, it's overshadowed right now but by what uh, Mitch Marner's doing. But 13 goals on the season. Nine his last 12. Yeah, so good. What, what growth have you noticed in him this season? Mm, well, I mean, he's, he was pretty good last year, too, right? He was yeah. a point-of-game player virtually last year. I feel so like there was conversations watched, last year with, with Keith and, and Nylander about taking a bigger step as a leader, and, and I feel like we've seen that. Well, I mean, it's, that's hard for me to say, Julie, because I'm not in the room. Right. I don't know what goes on. Like, leadership is kind of a very, you know, intangible thing. Like, what's, uh, what, what, what is leadership? What, who does it? Who doesn't? I feel like, to me, it's um, consistency. Like, I feel like right. we're getting more consistency night in, night out from him, and, and a, a commitment to maybe playing more of a 200-foot game. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he's yeah. going to be a rah-rah guy, but he's, yeah. he's leading by example right now. Yeah. So, I mean, certainly, like, like playing well is a big part of leadership. And I think, maybe you're on to something there where – you know, watching him, he, he like the game against Minnesota, which was not a great game for the Leafs, but like I thought he was excellent. Like I, I think you know his engagement in his own end, his engagement like off the puck uh, has been has been good. And I think that's if you're gonna like you, no one is gonna criticize what William Nylander does when he has it because he's amazing with it, right? Yeah. No one's gonna say, "Oh, look at him! Look at him! He's really good with the puck off the rush this year." Well, no, that's every year. But I think you know just being more plugged in when he doesn't have it on his stick. Uh, when he's trying to get it back is probably an area that he could have improved on. And I think he has taken a step in that regard uh, this year. And, yeah, he's just been, like, steady, solid, excellent, more games than not, doing exactly what you would expect and count on him to do. Um, And he's got an underrated shot. He's probably got the second-best shot on the team behind Austin. And I think he's showing that when he gets it inside 30 feet, he's dangerous, can beat goaltenders, as he's been doing lately. Oh, Disrespect to the Rocket by uh, Rasmus Sandin. What about Robertson? Oh, yeah. Remember Austin said Robertson's got the best shot in, uh, in preseason. Oh, wow. <laughs> we haven't yeah, seen yeah. it, though. We it, haven't been able to it, see it. That's the problem. Although, like, you have to take the shot in games to show me how good it is. You can't just take him in practice. That's right. He is going to get back into the lineup tonight, Preseason though. king, so we'll, man. We'll, we'll see if he can show off that shot tonight uh, on the fourth line. We're chatting with Mike Johnson, our TSN hockey, uh, hockey analyst. We were chatting yesterday, too, about uh, we kind of did our quarterway mark awards, and we're going through some of the best players on the team under you know disappointing players. And we did Unsung Hero, and, and who I thought of was Sheldon Keefe as an unsung hero. I mean, how much credit do you think he deserves for the turnaround that this team has had over the course of this month? I think he deserves a lot. Like, I don't know, like, what do you, I mean, uh, what do you want? You want Stanley Cup is what you want. But as far as as far as regular season, what more could you possibly want from a from a coach? Like Sheldon Keefe has one of the best winning percentage in the history of the game through whatever the first two hundred games of your career. So, um, you know, he's intense. He tried to pull some strings that he acknowledged he didn't really want off the pull, whether it's calling guys out after some losses early, um, you know, kind of like being a little bit more heavy handed, which he didn't want to do early, but you know, he's found a way to get the team to play winning hockey and to win games when they haven't been at their best. He's gotten the team to be more uh, attentive defensively and be stronger in their system. And he's got the team to believe that even without their three best defensemen, they're totally fine. And they've integrated six, seven, eight, nine different defensemen, 10, 11 defensemen this year, and they're going to be fine. So, yeah, I think he deserves a lot of credit. He's been blessed with a really good team. The players always deserve most of it, but I certainly doesn't think, don't think he deserves any criticism for what he's done this year. He deserves to be uh, recognized for doing the good job he's done. Yeah. 
let's go around the league a little bit. It was a bit of a wild night in, in the NHL mm. last night. Were you as as taken aback as I was when I was doing my nightly peruse of the scores and, and checking out what was going on in L.A. versus Seattle and, and having to throw that game Eight, on? Six in the second period. It's like, what is going on? Yeah. so confused. You're like, what the hell? Like, what is <laughs> like, like, I, I was trying to think. Uh, you, maybe you did the research. There's no way I was ever involved in an NHL game with 17 goals. There's absolutely <laughs> no way. Uh, I think I was, I was involved like two or three over the course of my career where I was on a team that scored 10, but we didn't give up seven. Um, like it's just, it's just bananas. And I always laugh, but when you leave a game like that, it's such a weird feeling for both teams because, I mean, we went to overtime, so they both got a point. And like, it's, like, it's hard to feel like no one really played well. But everyone scored a ton, so everyone's kind of walking on the rink to them. Yeah, I picked up a goal. I got an assist. <laughs> yeah. I'm like three points. Like, yeah, don't worry about the goals against. I don't worry about the PK because like everyone kind of got healthy. So unless you're the goaltender or the penalty kill coach, you're like, yeah, you know what? We'll take one of those every now and then, even though um, that is not at all the way either one of those teams want to play. But it's another reminder that uh, Seattle, I think, currently is fourth in the league in goals per game. I mean, it helps when you score nine, but like they're fourth. Yeah. So this idea that Seattle kind of has to win 3-2 and they're defending their way, not the case. Like, they are scoring with their depth. No star, no star forwards, but a whole bunch of really good ones that are playing really well right Dude, now. So this Matty Brenner's kid. That's the biggest kid. message. This Matty yeah, Brenner's kid looks yeah, like a star on the he's rise. got 11 points his last five games, Johnny. Yeah, he's basically almost a point. I mean, he had nine points in 10 games last year. I think he's up to, what, 18 and 21 this year. I mean, he's almost a point-a-game player to start his career. Um yeah, and he's, he's very, very good. And he's in a good spot, right? Like how many first or second, I guess, first-year centermen get to, get to play first-line center, first-line power play? Like almost none. McDavid, Matthews, like those kind of players maybe get that opportunity. But most players have to kind of work their way up the, the, raw, the, the lineup. Uh, but Beniers was, I think, helped so much by turning pro last year and getting those games under his belt, getting comfortable. And, you know, he's the Calder favorite probably should be yeah uh, and he's like stretching it out a little bit now with his offensive game yeah, hard yeah to those, see. those those plus 450 tickets look pretty good uh mm-hmm. they're placing back in september um mj i i feel like on this show we've been i don't know if we've said the words winnipeg jets yes this year except for that one game where the leaves played really well against them but i i think it's time that we have to hand out some flowers Huge win over the defending cup champs last night. Uh, what can you say about the Winnipeg Jets and their start to the season? Because we have, have admittedly not been paying enough attention, obviously. Okay, well, I'm, I'm throwing the biggest bouquet right at the feet of Connor Hellebuck. Yep. Uh, because the first month of the year, he's the reason they won most of the games. They weren't playing great. Everett Bonus, their new coach, was, you know, unfortunately sidelined with COVID. So they were making a big transition Blake Wheeler stripped of the captaincy, figuring that out. Nick Ehlers, one of their best forwards, not playing. So they had a lot going on, but they were still winning games because Connor Hellebuck playing like the best goal in the world, which he has done before, which he is capable of doing for long, long stretches. But the, the, the good news for Winnipeg is that slowly, they're not there yet. They're not, you know, dominating five on five, but slowly they're improving. And now they're getting... The same quality goaltending, like again last night, where they, they whitewashed, uh, they waxed uh, Colorado 5 nothing. Um, and, but they, but they're getting a little bit more scoring. Wheeler's having a decent year offensively. Shifley, Cole Perfetti's been 
been solid as well. Morrissey. And the emergency of Josh Norrissey, which <laughs> nice. I think is just a tremendous nickname. <laughs> nice. Um, and, and his play has, has made them absolutely legit. And they have room to grow. That's the scary part. They can get better still than they have been so far because um, largely it was carried by Connor Hellebuck. So, yeah, it's been really impressive. It's been really impressive for a team that could have gone in the entirely di- – like you could have told me, Julia, that on December 1st, the Jets were in 13th place in the Western Conference. And I'm like, yeah, to- it's totally possible. Yeah, me too. You know, based on everything that happened and their coach and everything like that. And so in that sense, I'm, uh, I, I, you have to be impressed with how well they've done. Yeah, almost, I don't know if it's an indictment on Paul Maurice, but leaves Winnipeg, they start surging, goes to Florida. Mm-hmm. Has been a great, uh, a great start for them, and you know, they took another L last night. Uh, Hubie's better chance. Hubie's better chance coming through. It was a crazy night in the NHL last night, but uh, that's all we got time to chat about with you, unfortunately. <laughs> we could go another 45 minutes chatting about the wild night in the NHL, but uh, unfortunately we got to go. But appreciate the time as always, MJ. We'll chat again next week. All right, guys. Have a great day. All right. You too. Mike Johnson, TSN Hockey Analyst. It was crazy. It was honestly a wild night. Like, I was going through at the end, just kind of recounting everything that happened. Um, like, there was the Pittsburgh game. And then, like, we didn't even talk about Huberto. The fact that two points in, in, in the Flames victory yeah. over the Florida Panthers. and, and Getting the crowd behind him, I feel and, like, is is huge. Huberto's better chance I feels hope, huge. I hope this is the turnaround for Jonathan Huberto. Yeah. I hope that's a turnaround that he needs. Because, like, this, he, going into that game, he was on pace for, what, 44 points? Like, that's not Huberto. No. Like, and the guy had 115 last year and was fifth in, in heart boating. You felt like that was going to open up. He, he had, had the injury. Like, he's he's going to be okay. 12 points in 19 games. He's going to be okay. Yeah, I, I, I um, completely agree. We just got an incredible okay. text also. Steph, you have to tell MJ this. Someone texted us. Oh. Greg from Scarborough said, tell MJ our Cedar Hill team was involved in some 17-goal games. <laughs> See, I'd imagine like an old former. I'd imagine that's like a day. youth team if when it's Greg were, from Scarborough. Yeah, potentially, potentially could oh, that's be awesome. an old friend of uh, of a young Mike Johnson. All right, uh, we got to fly. We got on the clock. We haven't played this game in no. a while. We're gonna play some on the clock. Also, we got a new goaltender between the pipes tonight. We'll tell you who that is on the other side. I'm Mike DiStefano, Al's brother, with Julia Tasheri. You're listening to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. This is Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Get out of your vehicle lease ASAP. Over 200,000 customers per month looking to take over your lease. What a relief. Go to leasebusters.com. Welcome back. Leafs Lunch. Julia Tasheri, Mike DiStefano, with you again on this rainy Wednesday, Tuesday. I don't, I keep messing up the day, but I think Wednesday. it's Wednesday. It's because we didn't have a show on Monday. Yeah, that's what's throwing me. Okay. Yesterday I was in the same boat where it was Tuesday, but I thought it was Monday, like basically the entire show. Okay, I'm, threw me off. I'm glad we have that resolved because I, I've been wondering why I've been messing that up so much. That does make sense. Either way, the Leafs have the Sharks tonight at home. Should yep. be a special night. They're, they'll honor Boris Salming. They'll, they'll auction off uh, and, and be selling commemorative patches all in support uh, of ALS here in Canada, which is an excellent initiative. If Marner, you know what I'll be curious about? If Marner ties that record tonight. Yeah, and Marner head for history. How much money? Will that in particular jersey be worth in that auction tonight? Oh my god! If gosh. he makes Leafs history and That's that a... jersey goes up for auction, yes. 
you're going to have a collector out there, Maple Leafs, you know, yeah. putting, like like if I had the money, yeah, so I would certainly buy stuff like with that. With price points in this sort of thing, AB. I don't even know, like... That would go for a pretty penny. Like, it's the Maple Leafs. What's ballpark, though, even? I don't even know what ballpark is, like a game-worn auction jersey. I wish I knew, but I I don't. I'll be throwing Because I'm thinking, up, like, like, after the Pink dollars. the Rink game in Mississauga, like, they go for a few hundred. Oh, in in yeah. bigger OHL markets, they go for a couple thousand. I'm thinking yeah, we're of, like, thinking thousands of dollars. Like, yeah. Thousands of dollars. Like, way more than 10, 12. Like, I, I, I wish I could give a ballpark crazy. number. But I wouldn't be surprised if it fetched, like, 18 grand or something Ooh. like that from somebody. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Dang, okay. If that happens. I mean, it's, it's, it's Leafs history made in that sweater, and it goes to a good, a good cause. cause. Like, yeah. just, it's a double whammy. Wow, what a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, in roster news for tonight, AB, we got some surprising news this morning. Uh, we heard Ilya Samsonov was progressing well yesterday. He said he was pain-free, but we no didn't... Pain. No pain. No pain. He Me said no pain. no pain, only smiles in, in true Samsonov fashion. <laughs> uh, Sheldon Keefe said he wasn't 100% sure about his status yesterday, but today he, he is 100% sure, and it will be Samsonov between the pipes versus the Sharks tonight. Yeah, I, I guess I, I wasn't anticipating it. I thought Matt Murray no, would me neither. Start, just because yesterday when we heard from Sheldon Keefe, he said, oh, he's day-to-day. We'll see how he progresses. Had himself a good practice today. It wasn't an overly difficult one or, or one that would be hard on the knee. But he said he wanted to see how he felt after the practice. And I, I'm assuming Ilya showed up to the rink today and said, I feel good. Still no pain. And uh, he's going to get the start tonight. Yeah, we haven't seen him since he... The Boston sustained game. the injury. I think that was November fifth when he sustained that knee injury. Yeah, Brad Marchand deked the crap out of him, and he oh, hyperextended yeah. his knee. Forgot how that happened. That was oh, not hilarious, but it was just like the most tragic way to get injured yeah. ever because yeah, he it was got tough. schmangled. But uh, he played eight games to that point in the season, six and two record, point nine two one save percentage. So we'll see if he can continue to to better that tonight. And and this is the first time that we'll have both goaltenders since opening night, I guess, but the first time that we'll have both goaltenders be dressing. Yes. Since opening night. What a special treat that is. The whole they haven't been able to so goaltending has not been an issue and I'm not gonna criticize it because it hasn't been a problem. they we said yesterday they've won the Leafs a couple games. They actually haven't really lost the Leafs a game all season, which was which was the fear coming into the right. year that, that was going to be a consistent theme. But the other thing that was supposed to happen this season is a little bit of competition for the pipes or a little bit of a tandem. And that is yet to be the case because neither of these goaltenders have been healthy quite yet. Yeah, and they've both been able to get a run at the starter's job has yeah. both been injured. We're going to have uh, Kevin Woodley on. He's a goaltending expert. I'll be curious to see if he feels like this tandem, if, if that might throw them out of their groove a little bit and if there's any concern there. Because like I said, they've both had a good run at the net. And they've been able to get into a groove, and they're playing really well, getting consecutive starts. The fact that they may go into a tandem, will they go into a tandem? I don't know. Maybe it'll be run with a hot hand. I'll be really curious to see how the goaltending situation now shakes out with both of them. Um, When healthy, they're playing well. Like Matt Murray's playing exceptional right now. You're not just going to go ahead and hand the job to Samsonov, but he was also playing really well when he got injured. So the goaltending situation is going to be interesting from here on out to see if they can both continue to play at a high level while doing a bit more of a tandem or if they run the hot. We'll we'll see what happens. And if they could stay healthy, I I think it's like the biggest question mark right now because they've been, both been playing really well yeah that is it's almost like when mark. the season started everybody forgot about the um 
are they going to play well? And it was just, are they going to be healthy? Can they be healthy? Yeah. It's the big question. Yesterday, uh, we were under the impression that Connor Timmons was going to get in because he partook in a full practice uh, yeah. as part of regular line rushes. That will not be the case. Mac Hollowell will remain in. And Robertson, like we mentioned yesterday, will get back into the lineup on the fourth line in the place of Gino Mulgan. Yes, so those are uh, the lineup adjustments and non-adjustments, I guess, that, <laughs> yeah. that are made for tonight's game against the Sharks. Lineup adjustments and false alarms. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, on the other side, let's play some on the clock. It's been a while. Yeah. I'm excited for it. I'm Mike DeStefan with Julia Teixeira. You listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. Bad news has done it again. Now. Back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Time now for On the Clock. First hat trick in Austin Matthews' career. Tick tock. We are on the clock. Okay, Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards available at Petro Canada, the perfect gift. For any occasion, on the clock, we haven't played this one in a while, so it's essentially going to be a little game of what happens first uh, between a few or a couple viable options. Ready? Let's go. Let's rock. What happens first? Leafs take the lead of the Atlantic Division based on points percentage. Uh, Boston's at 864 right now. Toronto is at 688. Austin Matthews takes over the Rocket lead. Robertson currently has 19 goals. Matthews has 11, but he's looking like he's starting to heat up right now, A.B. Like he, you can see it starting to happen for him. Or the NHL All-Star break on February 4th. So basically, do either of these things happen before the All-Star break is the question. Ugh. That's the question here. What happens first? The All-Star break? Does Matthews take over the Rocket lead? Or do the Leafs take over the lead in the Atlantic Division? I think I'm going to go with the first one. I think the Leafs will take the lead over the Atlantic Division before either one of those things happens. When did Austin really start to get hot last year? Like, it was really, it felt like, like January? Now-ish. Was I mean, it now? Well, he we went on that 50-50 run, which started in, like, late November. Right. Right? So, like, that it now, started, like, now-ish is when yeah. it really started to heat and get, get cooking. I think I, I, I had a statistic, uh, funny enough, when I was doing OD, I got a text from uh, Joe from the bridge. We're like squirrels. We get so he, distracted so easily. Well, no, he gave me he gave me a, uh, a, a numbers breakdown from the start of the season until that point in the year, November 25th. Okay. So there's been two games since then, but this was going into the Pittsburgh game. Through 22 games last season, he had nine goals. Through 22 games, or 18 games last season, he had eight goals. Keep in mind that he had missed a couple of games last year. He was nine goals back of the goal leader this year. He was 12 back of the goal leader last year at that same time. And he was able to ramp it and become the the leader pretty darn quickly after that. Yeah, okay. So this is about when things started to kind of ramp up for him. He's got goals in back-to-back games. I'm with you. I think that, uh, actually, no, I'm not with you. I think Matthews overtakes before Boston uh, falls. Like, Boston's just not falling off here. No, I'm just like, thinking about what we were talking about yesterday with Boston's strength of schedule. And I feel the Leafs getting really hot right now, AB. Like, tough. I feel them going on a tear. They they can. Like, right now, Boston, like, they're, they're five points up with two games in hand. Yeah. So there's a couple of, of things that have to happen. Boston has to stub their toe here, and Toronto's going to have to go on a run. And like you said, you know, Boston's strength of schedule is definitely uh, a lot more difficult coming up. But they've been able to handle it. You're right. I mean, like, 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 again, they they went in, they beat Tampa, they beat Florida. Like, they're winning these games. Yeah. 
They beat uh, the Hurricanes, I believe, or maybe they lost to the Hurricanes in overtime. But they're beating these teams last night handily, 3-1 win over, over the Lightning. Mm-hmm. They've got Colorado coming up, who just lost to, to, to Winnipeg. They've got Vegas a, a couple of games here. Like They've got hard teams to play, but they've just been... Moving along, yeah, winning you're games. Right. You're I right. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's it, this could be an opportunity for Toronto to pick up, pick up on that lead if Boston does stub their toe. Everybody I'm has a sure little bit it. of a down. Everybody has a week or two in a season. Like, it can't yeah. be all smooth sailing for the Bruins. And I, I feel like the Leafs have had their little bruise on their apple for the season, maybe oh, <laughs> to this point. Uh, did, it, did they get it out of the way? Early, uh, they perhaps? got out of their system, maybe. I but don't know. I just think Austin Matthews. What we've seen over the last couple of games here he's really starting to um show signs of life from what he was a year ago right, right? that goal in pittsburgh deliberate shot in yeah. the back of the net followed it up with a very similar goal in uh, in detroit he he's not missing the net on these shots now he's hitting the net and he's hitting the twine i think it's going to happen a lot more consistently going forward and look that's not to say that jason robertson doesn't keep going and keep scoring at his he's a weapon yeah he's on pace for like 67 goals it's unbelievable I just am a believer that much in Austin Matthews getting his game starting to ramp up, and he'll go on a little tear here uh, over the next couple of weeks. And I think by All-Star break, I think he's the rocket leader. I like it. I like it. Uh, What happens first? Robertson plays, and that's Nick. Nicholas Robertson, not the other one that we were just talking about. Robertson yes. plays seven straight for I would the love Leafs. For Jason Robertson to play seven games in a Maple Leafs uniform, <laughs> love it. Robertson plays seven straight for the Leafies, or he gets sent down to the Marlies. So the number seven was deliberate here because this year the most he's played in a row was six. So does he get a seven-game stretch where he plays and becomes more of an everyday fixture? I don't see it happening so here's the thing i'm gonna go with the first one and i don't know if he plays seven straight for the leafs ab but based on what we were hearing out of him out of sheldon keith nick robertson said he likes the paychecks and there are also that was a that was a hilarious quote from him i don't know i I, we didn't get any shows last week but that would have been the o-dog for me the paychecks are okay too uh, just in regards to being in the show versus being in the ahl and, and him and Sheldon Keefe really made a point of saying, and Sheldon Keefe was over-answering questions about it last week, too, said there's there's pros to being in the NHL, even if you're not playing games. So that, to me, was uh, stop asking. He's not going down. He's going to stay with his team and continue to develop. I don't know. You know where I sit on that? Like, I'd like him to be in the NHL and, yeah. and rip it up. But to yeah. me, it just didn't sound like that's where they were at. See, interesting, because I had a different viewpoint of that. Okay. The way I looked at it is, who gets called up and sent down is not my call. Yeah. That's Kyle's call. So I'm not answering this question anymore. He's not in my lineup. If Kyle wants to send him down, fantastic. If he wants right. to keep him here, there's some positives to being here as well. At the end of the day, it's not my call. That's how I interpreted those comments made by Sheldon Keefe. But I believe that Robertson will get sent down to the Marlies at some point here. He's getting into the game tonight. Yep. So we'll see if he goes off and he has a, a, a quality game. Um, and gets himself a little run, perhaps that could happen. But I just think that they look at this team, um, and we're seeing some good stuff out of Kelly Arncroft, actually. We haven't really talked about him being on that second line over the course yeah. of the weekend. But, you know, that trio has a 61% expected goals over the last three games that they played together. So I think that they're going to give that a little bit of a run here. It sounds as though Matthews and Marner uh, will probably stay apart for a little while longer. So, you know, Robertson's getting tough for him to find the lineup. It so, really is. So I think that eventually they will say, okay, he needs to play games, yeah. and they'll send him down to the minors. This is kind of an off point. Are you starting to change?
change your mind about the fact that Nick Robertson needs to be a top six player to be in the lineup? No. I, I kind of am. The what, more, just because you want him to play? No, because I, the more, like, when I see Dennis Mulgan tear it up down there, I'm like, okay, why can't Nicky Robs do that Dennis too? Dennis Mulgan has, like, his limitations, and, and, and Dennis yeah. Mulgan is a little bit more responsible off the puck. Until he shows me at Nick Robinson. That's what it is. And that's what and that's yeah. the reason why he's that's not what in it the is. lineup, right? Yeah. Sheldon Keefe is finding mistakes in his tape. Yeah. That's the reason why he's not in the lineup, unlike Pontus Holmberg, where you can't find a mistake. Swedish. Right? At the end of the day, I think that's that's the situation. I guess I can't so. I can't dub another Swedish prince, so we'll have to think of something for Pontus Holmberg, but yeah, that'll we'll be figure it out. in the commercial the break. Duke of Sweden. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. That's good. Okay, that. we'll 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 keep that. Uh what streak is snapped first? Connor Bedard's point streak at 24 games? That's not going anywhere. Mitch Marner point streak, 17, or Jason Robertson point streak? Oh, this one is cruel. This is so tough. This, this is, is so cruel. hard. Can I be honest with you? Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be so honest with you. I didn't realize Robertson was on a 16-game heater right now. Oh, my God, yes. I knew he was on a point streak, but I didn't realize it was that close to, to Marner. So yesterday we had Mike Kelly on, and he threw out the stat that Mitch Marner has scored in 22 of the 24 games, and he's yeah. the only player to have done that. Robertson has scored in 21 of 24 games, and it's just one game where he didn't get a point. Damn. That, uh, so he wasn't involved in that category. But this dude's been unbelievable. He leads the NHL. He's got 26 points in the six-game, a uh, 16-game heater. Like this guy's honestly on fire right now. It's it's insane what he's doing. And he's at the top of the rocket leader. To me, he's he's. Oh my God! And they've got the, the Ducks tomorrow. The they've got the Ducks and then the Wild, oh, and then those got... are just that's Goal City. Yeah, Goal City. They've got the Ducks, the Wild, and then those Leafs. So what's what snaps first? I have no idea. This one is so cruel. This one is so cruel and unusual. I'm gonna go with. Uh, oh, I'm gonna go. Connor Bedard is gonna have probably a point streak for the season. Like I just don't know where what's so happening. Funny thing about Connor Bedard. So I was looking into this last night. Yeah. Didn't get a point in his first game of the year. Held off the score sheet. And that was it. And that's it. Yeah. He's had a point in every single game. So he's got like yeah. 56 points or 52 points, or something like that, in this 24 game It's a game miracle stretch. if it's, you keep him off. Oh, man. Whoever ends up with that number one pick is really getting themselves a player. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Jason Robertson. So am I. Just because I need to see. I want to see Mitch do it tonight. Yeah. I want to see it. And then I want to see what that jersey gets auctioned off for. Okay. Selfishly. God, we got to get off that one. It's really giving me bad juju. I got to knock on my wood, knock, <laughs> knock on the desk, knock on my head. Uh, what happens first? Okay. <laughs> Big tra- I thought this was Leafs related and I almost choked. What happens first, league-wide, yeah. right? Yeah. A big trade, a top four, a top, top six guy, or a coach gets fired. Oh, it's weird that we've gone, we're basically, tomorrow's December, and we haven't had a trade yet. Okay, I thought you were going to say it's weird that we haven't had a coach get or fired yet. a coach get because fired. Because it felt Have like we had a the coach first... Get fired? No, I'm three or four weeks. So. No, the yeah. first three or four. It feels like Bruce Boudreau has been fired like three different times, but he's still <laughs> chugging along out there. Uh, we almost fired Sheldon. Back <laughs> Sheldon, in, you know, was the not seen. Players, DJ was comment. wearing it left, right, and center. Yeah, uh, you, know who's, you know who's the guy who's the whipping boy right now in the NHL? Gerard Gallant. Oh, yeah. Gerard Gallant's starting to wear it right now. I, I, I wonder if, and this is why I actually... I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the coach gets fired. I'm going coach gets fired too. Like I I don't think the big ones will start until close to the deadline. I think right around now is when the coaches start to get a little spicy. Now I did hear CJ on Overdrive yesterday say that Jacob Chikrin is like readily available for when someone wants to pull that trigger. And I think somebody will because he's playing really 
I'm going to change my answer and go with the big four. I think a trick or trade is going to come soon. So where's He's that playing fit? exceptional right now. Are you into the Buffalo idea? It doesn't sound like Ottawa is going to make could it happen. It. I mean, Ottawa could, though. Like, I don't understand why they wouldn't. It makes zero sense to me why Ottawa wouldn't be going in and, and paying up a little bit extra to go and get this guy. Because it felt like it was like too much. Wasn't Pinto the, the piece that was the sticking point? Pinto's got one point in his last eight games. Yeah, you're right. Like, he's, he's starting to kind of come back to... Come back to life here. And, 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 and you've got a guy who's playing exceptional hockey down in Arizona right now. Right. He's playing really well coming off that injury. And he's somebody who could go in and, and fortify that top six or, or that top four, that top pair. Meanwhile, the blue line you know, in general, Pinto, maybe create a blue line. Well, Pinto's just like, like they've got an abundance of young forwards on that team. They You're can right. afford to, to, to trade one away. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like that, that's my opinion. Obviously, Pierre Dorian thinks otherwise, but but I think that that would be a good spot. Buffalo would be a good spot. Yeah. I think there's a couple of teams that really could use. You know, Detroit is another one that potentially could bring him in. They've got some picks and prospects. We know that uh, Stevie Y likes to likes to get himself He's quiet. Into the mix, we'll never right? hear about it. But I think that we could see that trade come. I I just when it comes to the coaching getting fired. I, I I feel like we've thought it's going to happen so many times. It just hasn't yet. I know. It's just so hasn't. weird. Someone brought up an interesting. I think. Uh, I think it was Witt said Barry Trotz potentially could be an option if they do let go of Gerard Gallant in New York. It's, it's approaching December. Wasn't that the, the timeline he said he'd be willing to come back? He talked about wanting to play for an original six team. Yeah, is I that doesn't maybe do have to do with why some of these guys are hanging on, even though they feel like they've been fired? Potentially, that, that that's a good point. Like, yeah. we're, are they waiting for maybe Barry Trotz? Because that was the case in available. the summer. Like, nobody was doing anything this summer, coaching wise, right. until everybody knew exactly what Barry was doing. And and if he is in fact ready to come back in that December range, which is what he had said, December rain. We're we're getting there, right? It's today, that's tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, technically, it's tomorrow. Not to, we get the rain, <laughs> but December is tomorrow. So uh, we could see both of these things happen pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I know. It's, it's, I feel like they'll happen in fast succession. When things start to happen, they they happen. Yeah, good stuff. That was a fun segment. That was a fun segment. We gotta do it more. Yeah, I know. We, we, we forgot about this one. Yeah, it's a good one. All right. Uh, coming up on the other side, Kevin Woodley going to join us. We're getting to all things goaltending around the NHL, including um, Samsonov, Matt Murray, how they're performing. Got some situation brewing out in Western Canada. A couple of what we thought were star attendees becoming tandem goaltenders. Yeah. We'll get his thoughts on that and just goaltending in general. Uh, second hour of Lee's Lunch coming up next.